Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for one of the biggest previews of the season. Sudal Quickstep. That's what they're still called in 2024. I believe no merger happened. We're going to be talking what's the future of this team Mm -hmm. as well as what is the proposed schedule of Remco and other main riders in 2024 with, of course, the review of their 2023 season and transfers. A lot of things mooted to happen that didn't eventually happen with this team in the offseason. But this week we had further news about a new COO coming in who is the heir and waiting to Lefebvre. But more on him in a second. Benji, how have you been going? Pretty good, actually. Pretty good. It's going to be a busy week, a lot of stuff to record, but I'm actually very in, very much enjoying these previews. It's like it's like a clean sheet at the start of the season, right? Yeah. Where we, we get to we get to munch on the new transfers, we get to <laughs> munch on the new teams, and then see them in action next year. And we might say some horrible takes or some great takes, but... That's the fun we always tried. I think uh, my Bora preview in 2021 Christmas was, um, that was where I, I popped off the Hindley take, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that one didn't do too well. Some of them have been okay, but yeah, we've got people keeping track of the, uh, of, of the World Tour wins over-unders. We also forgot to include GC counts as well, so I think it's over 170 World Tour races are up for the winning in 2024, uh, which is, yeah, a lot of races, uh, many of which have been won by Sudal Quickstep. So 2023, Benji, how do we feel about their season? 56 Honestly, total wins, 23 World Tour wins. That's it a is. lot, 23 World Tour wins out of 56 wins. And it's also, one could say that, oh, when you think about Quickstep, you always think about Adem Kuevenepoel, but... There's so much other breadwinners, is how I'd call it, in the team. Like Temelir, he didn't step up in a Grand Tour because he didn't have a Grand Tour to ride in this season, but he did step up outside of that. And the likes of UAE Tour and so forth, won two stages there, then racked up some stage wins in Polonia, which I don't rate that highly, but it's still a World Tour win, I guess. Remco Evenepoel, obviously, won LVL, won San Sebastian, but next to that, started the Giro as GC leader, won two stages then had the whole COVID affair happening, then went to the Vuelta at the end of the year, won three Vuelta stages. He was showing already a bit of cracks, though, before the moment where it all fell apart on the, on the Obisk. Was that the climb? Yeah, it was the Obisk, first climb of stage 13. So he then reinvigorated himself as the, the KOM man of the, of the race, three stage wins plus KOM in that race. It's not what he started for, but at least it's something that he got out of it. Won the UAE Tour as well. Second at Catalonia plus a stage. Like, he also got a lot of the victories and a lot of the results of the team, obviously, but that's also what they've got him for. Jakobsen, arguably disappointing season. One World Tour win. Tireno crashed out of the Tour de France. I personally didn't see him competitive in that race, but maybe if that oh, didn't happen, Luke's he might have. that section. <laughs> Two stage wins at Romandy with Vernon and Czerny. That's, uh, yeah, I didn't remember that. (laughs) Asgren won a tour stage. You're right. I actually forgot to put that on the notes even. I agree. And yeah, it's uh, it's just a lot of, uh, a lot of victories is how I'd say. But outside of that, like, I value Trevale Varezine maybe over a a Romandy stage win with Van Welder. I think, I mean, when you look at the stylist, what, it's Pog and, and Roglic, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really get much better than that in a hilly Italian classic. Whereas, yeah, Romdi reduced sprint. I mean, you've got to be in it to win it, I guess. I have the feeling that this team gets a hard time, or maybe not enough credit, Benji. I, mm-hmm. I think Sudar Quickstep, when you look at all these wins, 
when you look at wins in all three Grand Tours, wins in uh, a monument, as well as, yeah, what, the second or third most overall wins, over 20 World Tour wins, and from loads of different riders, third on the points ranking, ahead of Ineos and Trek, who have a bigger budget than them, and maybe, listen, AG2R, I'd like to see their budget matched up against Quickstep 2. Yes, they're not close to UAE or Yumbo, but they're leading the other teams in third, and I think... Yeah, a lot of the... Because Remco didn't win a Grand Tour and because they, they really weren't good in the Cobble Classics, mm-hmm. you know, there is a discussion of what happens to Quickstep. Have they over... They've tra- tried to change too much to be a GC team now, but I looked at some of their previous years. They had years in the 2015s nowhere near as good as this with eight, nine World Tour wins. I agree, but I do feel like there's this overall feeling, maybe it's more a Flemish-centered feeling where... The Cobble Classics are just very important for a team like Quickstep, but with the way that, like, it's it's kind of that they're, could it be that their history in those Cobble Classics is haunting them a bit? As in, they were so successful with Tom Bonin, with Stein de Volder in years, with Asgren, with, with Chavanel at certain periods, like, they were so successful for a serious amount of time, to the point that Lotto Destiny now had a better Cobble season this year, and... That's still of very high importance in, in Belgian media, who will be the first judging person or the first judging, what do you call it, area. Because, like, Belgian media is going to judge them on their couple classics. Yeah. Oh, but Belgian media is, you know, they're a special, special breed. Uh, Am I technically <laughs> Belgian media? <laughs> nah, because you do it. You mostly communicate in English in okay. media, so Thank you. I don't. I don't. You're just you're, <laughs> and you don't even live there anymore. They you they exiled you. That's why you're in the UK. You got kicked out. The joke become reality became reality. So yeah, yeah, third on the overall ranking. All those wins. It is by any. If you do a budget to results ratio, they might be first overall. Uh, this Sudar quick step in the whole of World Tour Peloton. But there is a sense that, well, they, they won a Grand Tour with Remco in 22, and they didn't this year. Um, yep. He, the Vuelta was the big next step to compete against the Yumbo sort of monster squad, and it didn't happen. The Giro is just unfortunate. I, I have that as a write-off, but yeah. Is that the team? And then there's all the... I think all the stuff behind the scenes has soured what what I've just said is it was a really good season. We went into the off season then where is the team merging? Bacala obviously isn't happy with what's happened or I don't yeah. know. There's talks and we never probably will never know what exactly was close to happening or would happen, but clearly yeah, clearly Bacala wasn't happy. And the last report, Benji, was what? That Bacala said, okay, I stay with Quickstep. Everyone stays put. There's no merger. But you have a two-year lifeline with me as the principal guarantor of the team. That's the report I read. And uh, when I read that, I felt like, ooh, Remco won't enjoy that, that news because he's looking to have a build team around him that gets better in support of him while he can get better in the hopes that he can win the Tour de France at some point in his career, which, if that is happening, if he's simmering down the team's finances over two years, is how I read that, that report, then, then it's not exactly great news for that, for that roadmap. And what did give me somewhat positive news in my eyes is the recent discussions about the, the new heir of Lefebvre, his apprentice. <laughs> like, do you know that British program, The Apprentice, with that yeah, one yeah. dude? Imagine if Lefebvre had like a show like that with like 10 people that he had to like apprentice into becoming the new CEO of Quickstep. I would have watched the fuck out of that show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and this is the guy. It's, uh, you'll have to correct my my pronunciation, Benji. Jürgen Fore. He is uh, a partner at Deloitte, was a a partner at Deloitte for a number of years. Mm -hmm. He's, I think in his maybe mid-40s, early 50s. His father, I think, won Paris-Roubaix, so he comes from a cycling family or won classic. So from a cycling family, but not a pro himself. 
yeah. uh, and had a professional career. It looks like someone with the right, uh, you know what the word for civilian Palmares is, uh, the right resume or CV for... Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm gonna start calling them civilian Palmares. That's <laughs> CV washed in the civilian Palmares. He looks like the right man for the. I don't know the guy, Mate, but. Mate, and verified. Is he okay? <laughs> like his dad, you said Roubaix, but also RVV and Wevelgem, two times a tour Decent. of Belgium, three stage of Paris. Apparently, there was some yeah, his race dad being, His dad having good watts in the 70s doesn't mean this guy can move money around. Maybe he has the, the brains and his dad had the watts. Yeah, maybe. And listen, this is a job for, for brain. If he is indeed, it looks pretty clear that he is to be the guy taking over from Lefebvre who wants yeah, to step back in a couple of years. I think I read a report on HLN at Lots of News in Belgium, which, yeah, doesn't always get it right. But I read a report by them that Lefebvre had said that they would appoint someone as their new COO because they had found this new his new heir, and then Fauré got announced as his new heir, so as his new COO, so I'm guessing that's the guy that will eventually become the CEO in the team, but yeah, we, we know Highland doesn't always get it right. Did you see that article yesterday that Jonas Vingegaard was spotted in, um, in a restaurant in Antwerp, and it was like a lookalike, it wasn't two <laughs> newspapers including Highland, I was like, mate, Dude, that's not him. <laughs> no joke, no joke, when you sent it to me, i just woken up. Well, because you sent it, I'm in Australia, obviously, that's why I look bright red. Um, and I've been waking up at four in the morning. You sent it to me and I looked at it and I thought, fuck, it's going to be tough to win the tour next year if he's looking like that. <laughs> but then I, I put my glasses on and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's, but was the guy holding a Yumbo jersey? Like, was he playing into it? He, he was holding, I think, an All Blacks rugby thingy because he, he went to a rugby game. But, like, there is some connection with Yambo and the All Blacks rugby thing, but... Oh, I mean, uh, like... <laughs> mate, if I look like that guy, I'm playing into the Jonas Vingegaard lookalike meme. Do you reckon you got a free meal out of it? I reckon that Yambo should hire him to do the press conferences <laughs> and all the press moments for Jonas Vingegaard as marginal gains. Danish. Yeah, Rasmus said, <laughs> uh, the, uh, Rasmus Franklin, I think his name is, or Extra Bladet. They come up to him and give him an interview. He's like, I don't speak Danish. <laughs> he starts sounding um, Flemish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all the same. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Get out of here. Anyway, that was funny. That was funny. But um, yeah, I think this is a... And as well, I think this guy and Lefebvre have kind of got a, maybe not two years, but an 18 months prove it to Bacala to maybe try to get him back on board and extend the runway of his uh, support for the team. Or indeed, Flore's job is to get commercial sponsors to fill in what Bacala was paying yep. himself. And so, the, but the problem is as things stand, if that doesn't happen... Jai Hindley, Ben O'Connor, these sort of riders hitting the market in 2025, why would, why would they sign with a team that has its principal guarantor saying they're going to step away a year, a year into their contract? That's yeah, but way too risky. I often feel like I ask that question a lot, like DSM didn't have a, a secured future in the middle of their world or a three-year license at some point in the, in the last few years. And people were still yeah. signing for that team. So I feel like maybe there are things we don't know when it comes to the finances of Quickstep or that we didn't know when it comes to DSM that something's already secured or that something's being looked into that is hopeful. But I agree. I would find it sketchy and dangerous if I was a rider and if this was an option to go to them, then I'd, I'd seriously consider my options. Yeah, it makes things trickier for them in the transfer market, which for 2025 is already heating up now for the big boys. So, yeah, that's just something to bear in mind as well. But it it moves on. Uh, I don't know what the, the atmosphere is like after the merger. Certainly, it was a long period of time there where staff and riders were, were in the dark and not knowing what was going to happen. A very stressful start to their off-season. So, it's going to be... It'll take a lot of work, I think, to take that sentiment, turn it around, reset 2024 season, let's get motivated. They're professionals, obviously, but 
you know, that that's a difficult start to the off-season. And what's more, we also saw, we'll get into it in a bit, you know, murmurings from other riders on the team, like Merlier saying, hey, I want to go to a Grand Tour, not just any, I, I want to go to the Tour de France. Why can't I? Philippe saying, I'm, you know, contract year, I need to perform. So as well, other riders are murmuring too. But we want to get into their transfers now, Benji. Yes, we're going to go into their transfers and... Let's talk about the, um, well, when, when it comes to the outgoing people, Fabio Jakobsen is one that is leaving. That's a pretty big name that's leaving, but also a name where I didn't feel like the, the amount of victories that he had in the season were notably exceptional, as in that Tireno victory was there. But outside of that, he was kind of doing the Runewagen thing, right? As in the, the trying to clean up sprints in Hungary and so forth to try and get more victories and that's not enough probably for the salary that he's on in my opinion and when I then look at the option of him leaving and Merlier stepping up in the team then I don't mind that because I feel like Merlier could have done a lot better in 2023. Yeah definitely if he if he went to the Vuelta which he yes. was supposed to do I, I will say that Fabio probably outperformed his contract that quick step uh, because it was signed after his crash yeah. but Certainly, you're probably referring to the contract DSM are paying, whether it was a good idea for Quickstep to match. It, is, it wouldn't have been a good idea. They barely have enough spots to take Merlier to Grand Tours, let alone now having two premium sprinters and Remco and Alphilip. It, it didn't look like there was space for Jakobsen, so he's out the door. Um, and you're right, it is still, it's, you know, it's five or six victories. Out the door, one or two at World Tour level. I think Fabio, I'd expect him to win win sprints next year. Vernon as well. Three or four or five victories out the door, a couple yep. at World Tour level. De Klerk, you know, one of the stalwarts of the team, out the door. Schmid, Bagioli, they also won this year. Van Tricht, developing Belgian rider. He's the one that it makes very little sense to me that why Van Tricht is allowed to go. I can understand... I can understand a lot of these. Seneschal to Arkea. Yeah. He, he seems to be past it. Jakobsen, there's no space. David Nine's retiring. Merku wants to go with Cav to Astana because he's older. Cavagnar's being probably overpaid at Movistar. Ballerini stopped performing. De Klerk got an offer he couldn't refuse at Little Trek. And also, I think Quickstep weren't in a position to offer him a contract. Steimler as well. Ah, doesn't move the needle for me. Vernon, I heard, is on, you know probably got a big offer at Israel, but the ones, Benji, Bargioli, Schmidt, Van Tricht, mm -hmm. aren't they the young 23, 24-year-olds who are not earning a bomb yet, who have still got some upside, who you want to keep? I agree. As in, Mauro Schmidt was definitely the rider where I was looking at, okay, the first half of the season, I would, I would note especially, where I was like, okay, this is very hopeful, and especially the last part of 2022, where his worlds was great. But also next to that, his, was it Montreal, if I recall correctly, that it was of the two, where he had a really good result. And that suggests that if he sent this guy to a Cobble Classic or something, he can be that, that rider can be in a group ahead and try and benefit in a way that Matteo Jorgensen did in, in RVV this year, for example. Like, they're not exactly the same riders, but he could play that role that Jorgensen played in that race, for example. And I see so many options. There's also, he ha he's half Cobble and half Hill Classics, and I think they should have shared it. I've, I've done my loads of complaining about the fact that he wasn't sent to both the Cobble Classics and Hill Classics, and instead to Basque Country, where he was really good, but it's, Basque Country just isn't as important as the Cobble Classics for this team, no. and they're going to be judged on Cobble Classics and not on, on Basque Country, and that's also why I'm so fanatic about this entire uh, uh, thing. Bajoli, I feel like I agree that he's that young rider, but I also feel like he kind of stagnated in the last three years. But you maybe know he's the second year, highest he... point scorer. What? What? Yeah. Sorry, Pajoli is the second, second highest scorer. What? Hey, dude, look at look at his last ten days in Italy. Yeah, I look agree. Look at his with last that. ten yeah. days. Farming central. Now listen, yeah. second in Lombardy is not farming. That's a, but also Fausto Masnada came on this very team. An True. Italian came second in Lombardia, and then we haven't seen him for two years. Yeah. And that's the so problem with Bagioli. We, we see his Italian classics or Canadian classics. We think, here we go. Liège next year, he's going to be up there for the podium. 
and we didn't see it this year. So I, I agree with your point, but I also, I just looked up, I was shocked. Second in their point scoring. Yeah, Lombardi is what did it. It's 640 points for getting second at Lombardi <laughs> that, that launches you up there. And like, I don't see that as very repetitive on a, on a yearly basis for Bajoli, especially if you see the consistency throughout the season. He probably had a better season than the year before, though. I, I do have to say that. But it's not like he launched past what I hoped he would like three years ago or something. When it comes to uh, Van Trecht, yeah, he had, a, he had a good season. He's probably not that expensive yet. Like, getting close to Duarte Dorit Hageland, if I recall correctly. Like, I see this as the kind of rider, the kind of rider that could enter their cobble team in certain races, maybe compete in Duarte Dorit London and so forth, in addition to some cobble races to be part of that team. But maybe it's his decision that he just wanted to go to Alpecin. Maybe he thought, okay. But then again, if you're Van Trecht, like, if you go to Alpecin, you're not going to have that freedom in most of your races. You're gonna, likely going to be in a support team for... Uh, they do a pretty broad Belgian semi-classics calendar. I'm sure he'll get his chance there. Of course, in RVV, if he makes that team, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's for the big boss. But yeah, I can, I can see it. I think there was a period of the year, during this year yeah. where they didn't know what was happening, as in management. And riders had to make hard decisions whether yeah. to wait or whether to take to to go to another team. And I sort of agree with like Bagioli. That's a tough one. Schmidt, I liked Bagioli though. You got to say, you know, signed for another team, already done, and he mm -hmm. was still professional enough to be performing at that level at the end of the season. That is. So I don't know. It's still that's a lot of points out the door. But yeah, it's. A lot of them, I think, are great. Like Cavagna, sorry, he Cavagna is a little bit overrated. I wouldn't have matched what Movistar offered. I agree, but about Bajoli, it's also the transfer would probably have been done already in August, September, maybe oh, early yeah, October yeah, at the yeah. latest. So the last ten days of his 2023 season wouldn't have mattered at all for that decision. No, so maybe no. after those those Italian classics, they might have thought, "Oh, we're missing out here," but it's too late, then, eh? Yeah, for sure. That by then it's too late, um, and maybe then little Trek have got a bit of a deal on their hands because they didn't have to pay for that performance because it was it was done in advance of that. But still, yep. a lot of experience, a lot of famous riders out the door. I agree with most of them. A couple of the young guys, particularly Schmidt, I think we both agree. Schmidt is one we would have, I would have tried to keep by the way, if possible. How problematic do we see what happened there with the Vegas thingy and? the inner team oh. workings is that who's at fault there both okay. i think so Lefebvre Lefebvre should, what happened lefevre shouldn't have mentioned oh lefevre wrote in his article that schmidt basically during the season sort of pre-canadian classics time went to vegas on like an un i don't know if he said unsanctioned holiday but went on vegas on holiday didn't take his bike and then said he lost his bike computer and didn't train or something. And that he's, uh, you know, after, because he, he was already signed to Jayco. And, and then Schmidt yeah, and put up one, Schmidt put yeah. up one ride on Twitter. It's like, so Lefebvre shouldn't have, you should keep that in house. Yeah. But also, I don't know, Vegas during the year. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> mind someone going on a holiday during the season. I don't know if it was sanctioned or not, which is probably very important, as the team should probably know. But on the other end, I'm also feeling like Lefebvre made it sound like it was a week long. I think it was six or five days that he mentioned. It was like three days in the end. So if in three days you go on the bike once, it wasn't the longest ride, but it's also not the end of the world either in my head. Yeah. It shouldn't have been blown know. up. Just, That's the conclusion. It's just, yeah, it's just just leave it leave it alone. A lot of that stuff. I mean, I love reading it. The drama was funny, <laughs> but um, we'll see. Maybe sometimes these things from the team. It's not. It, it, it's not just that incident. Maybe they've been working with a young rider yep. for three years, and there's been a few different things that have cropped up, and that you know, I'm sure if he was. 100% trusted by the team and was like the hardest worker, most professional ever. Maybe, no, well, maybe not. It's Lefebvre after all. Maybe it doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't write that. Transfers True. in though. 
We have. Can you do the can you do your the Belgian fellows, Benji? I'm not I can't pronounce their names. <laughs> I'll do the Belgian fellows first and then you can do the uh the non-Belgian fellows. Eiko <laughs> Bastians from Alpacin Dev Team, which this is the kind of rider where I don't know, I kind of stack him as the potential ruler type of rider for the team. I don't know him hundred percent, so don't take my word for it. But when I look at his results, I'm not saying, well, this is the biggest talent they're racking in. He's already 27. But in the races that I did see him, he was that early declared kind of rider sometimes. So maybe that's the kind of thing they're trying to do. Get a rider like that and hope that he can fill up a role like the cleric did is how I see that. But I can't add much more than that to him. What if on Helua, pretty good talent. I recall him being, was it top three at Omlop U23? If my memory serves me right, but he's been good on those national level races in Belgium. I think Youngster Coast challenge he won ahead of, uh, let me check, Alex Sihat. And um, most importantly, I, re I remember this name from, there's this like, there's this race called Hulegem Kurse, where he won ahead of Temerlir. So I think he, he had a lead and then Temerlir sprinted to second or something in that race. Um, but that was a one, two, four quick step there because of him. So... I don't know, pretty solid talent. I, I think this is an okay signing. Gilles Gelders is also a, a pretty good talent as well in the team. I think he came from um, Bingo, then to the Dev team. For some reason, when I hear his name, I always think about Sport Vlaanderen, but it really isn't a rider that rode there. He won a stage in Giro Next Gen, so that shows something. Kent Wevelgem won as well. He rode a Tour de Rwanda, so the man's been all over the world this year. But... um. Yeah, just a, a good Belgian talent as well to the team. One of the better ones as well from the youngsters. William Lesser, we've had a, quite a few conversations about this man already. William Junior Lesser, because he won U23 Lombardia. He's done good shit at Lavenir, as in top five in Lavenir, top three on some mountain stages. He also was top five in the time trial there. Got fourth in Alsace, got eighth in Giro Next Gen. This is a good climber, uh, a good climbing type. Could potentially be domestic for Remco already this year in certain races. There was some drama with Lotto back in the day, right? Was that 2022 where Lotto wouldn't give him a bike and then Lefebvre stepped in to give him a bike for Lavanier? Oh, or was that yeah, this year? when he was leaving the team, I think. They wouldn't give him a bike. Yeah. I can't remember. But yeah. he's good. He's good. I, I think the Wada guy actually has good results. Those yeah. national results, uh, I don't know if they're... Scripted races or not, but the start list, like to beat Melier, is not all of them. Okay, well, he looks pretty good. Um, and yeah, Lecef, I think, is like to me the stone emitted role. Yeah, like he maybe yeah. you send him with Remco to Algarve as a domestique to cut his teeth in that role, and and then he goes to some other races in to go for his own result, like Setimana. So I think he can have a nice program and should be paired with Remco. I, I fully agree there. Maybe not in every race, but already in like the Algarves, like you mentioned, that for yeah. sure. And then the last Belgian on the list is um, Jordi Wadlop. He's the guy that got second in Muscat Classic for, uh, I think it was behind Jente Biermans for Sudal Quickstep, which I don't know why I remember that actually. <laughs> what a race. It's one of the first one, first, yeah, one of the first one they races. He was supposed to go to B&B, or was on B&B, and then they yeah. they collapsed, obviously. So um, he's 27. He's not as young as the other guys. He's sort of, uh, I think, replacing Yannick Steimler for less money yeah. is how I see that. Uh, he's going to be put to work just being a ruler, being second last, third last in leadouts, in missed races. Yeah. They, they need these sort of guys, especially with uh, Merlier and, yeah, and Luke Lamperti as well, who they brought in. So we're going to go to the... Uh, some anglophones, well, the one anglophone, uh, Lamperti was a probably the most hyped sprint prospect out of coming out of the U23s, yep. pure sprinter from Trinity, uh, American, won loads of races in America, uh, won uh, one race, one stage at Giro Next Gen, really good first half of the season. I was looking at him closely, and then. Uh, Lavenir, I'm not sure what happened, uh, but Lavenir and Tour of Britain were less good, um, but still, these are young men, so he won a lot. <laughs> he won a lot this year, so um, yeah, very, very keen to see how he goes is it, as uh, to replace Vernon. 
is it weird to call him the B-Tech Vernon at the moment? You just spoiled it uh, by saying Vernon. But... <laughs> no, I, I think... Well, yes, I think that is weird because I would expect Lampardi to be as good immediately. Or better. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give that then. But now, now on to your, your favorite part of the incoming transfer, the, tra the French transfers. Come on. Give me your take on I the French I actually like transfers. these guys. I actually, I actually <laughs> like... I was lobbying... I like Magnier. No, I can't say his name properly. Manier. Um, Manier. I like Manier, and, and who, I think these guys are good. Like, uh, especially Antoine Ubi, uh, very, very consistent throughout the year. Didn't win much, but always mm -hmm. there just about uh, in Tour Alsace. And you know who won Tour Alsace? Seb Berwick. So you've got to be good to be fifth there. Uh, one could le pay Grand Prix Jezinski. Just a good, looks like a puncher who doesn't have the real top end climbing, like mm -hmm. Le Cerf maybe. Oh, I beat Le Cerf actually in, in on Ploche de Belfi in Alsace. So I think he's nice. And yeah, I think uh, Manier is, is even better. He was also on Trinity and he came third in the Europeans under 23s. And um, he had some... Uh, other results. He had a very, very good second year junior season. So he's younger. He this was his first year U23, and he was already competitive at the end of the year in some races. Yeah. So I think he's very good. Yeah, I agree with your uh, assessment. Then and they're then we cheap. Go to the... True, but I wonder if this guy is cheap after what happened in his past. Johnny Moscon from Astana. <laughs> 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 I'd hope so. <laughs> As in, honestly, I think Johnny Moscon can do what Declaric did. Oh, I can do more than that if he's on. Yeah, but that that's the big if. <laughs> that's the big he hasn't if. He's been that's on that's in the, the last big... fucking decade. They <laughs> <laughs> nearly won Paris Bay at the end of 2021. Two years I agree. Ago. Yeah, that's true. Feels like 10, days, 10 years ago, though. It does, but it was only two years, two years and two months yeah. ago. He nearly won Paris Bay. So he's under thirty years old. Obviously, yep. huge question marks regarding motivation, professionalism, um, but also he wasn't in the best environment. There's not a lot of riders thriving at Astana either at the moment. So mm -hmm. Quickstep are hoping they can do a Quickstep resurrection. If there's a team to do it for a rider like this, especially with Bramati. You know, Bramati's there, who can push him, and who's obviously Italian. It's I think it's a really, really good signing for them. It makes a yep. lot of sense, especially if they're pushed for money, and especially they need a versatile ruler. They need a guy who's helped Egan Bernal win the Giro d'Italia in 2021, that year. Yep. Also, not that long ago, he was a very good domestique there, versatile domestique. So, yeah, I think it's a really good signing. I think so as well. It's kind of like... um. It depends on how you look at it, because obviously he's got he's got a history that a lot of people don't like. I don't like his history either, because he's done some horrible shit. But if we look just at the sporty side of things, then it is worth the gamble of trying to get him back to his old self. Because if you can do that, he's going to be extremely valuable to this team. If you can't do that, well, then you shot and you missed. But it probably won't be the most expensive transfer in the season. I would hope for a quick step, like. How much do you reckon Moscon is on in 2024? Ah, oh, man. Probably still more than he should be. I don't know. Because, you know, he might, just, he might just pack it in and go farm apples if he just didn't want to... <laughs> if he just offered him, like, 100. I don't know. Honestly. Um, farm apples. Jesus. Well, it's only farm, no? Re really? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> he's also called the tractor il trattore so the yes. tractor leaves and he comes in uh i think a lot of, a lot of riders are called the tractor in their in their respective languages but yeah I, i'm keen to see, interested to see i think their hope is that he can be like uh teish Benot. no not teish Benot. uh mm. who can you compare him to it, Janny Moscon when he was on ineos and good they're gonna yeah. hope he can be Janny Moscon on ineos exactly um, is what they'll be hoping for. Uh, that's all the quote-unquote not cheap signings. Maybe Lampertie's on a little bit more than uh, than Manier and Co. But Mikel Landers, the big one, the big fish. Yes. 
the climbing domestique deluxe that Remco has been asking for coming from Bahrain victorious. He wanted De Plus, they wanted De Plus and Sivakov. You know what, Benji? They got someone much better than both of them. He is. Mikko yep. Lander is better than those riders as a pure climber. Correct. I agree with that. He got if fifth in the Vuelta. <laughs> That's a big if. <laughs> We've got this going on for every transfer at this point. Now, to be honest, I, I think he's going to be motivated. I... I like to see the beauty in this world, and I hope that Lando steps up because he's a really good rider when he does. Like, was it two years Came ago? Came third in the Giro last year. Yeah, like this guy's this guy's pretty damn good. Like top five in the Vuelta as well. Like he got a top five in every in, in a Grand Tour on two years in a row now. Like this guy can be a good domestique, but he'd have to kind of transform in Wait, the same Landa way that Lando came uh, fifth in the Vuelta. Yes. Holy fuck. He's had a better Grand Tour GC season than Remco. Yeah, dude. He was very... People talk about Lander like he's legit fat on the couch and then has like a couple of good races. Like he's and Carlos Betancourt. At... Yeah, and you look at his PCS and he's like top 10 every single stage race he did except Tour and Dauphiné, which is probably, you know, the two most important Mate, parts of the season. Second at Basque Country? Yeah. Second at Andalusia, uh, but let's be honest about that. That was. A I bit... think he did. A, I think he did a really shit preparation for the tour. Okay. Like he did, one, two, three, four, five, six stage races, all of which were hard against yeah. good competition. Andalusia and Valenciana are not against scrubs, especially Andalusia. There's Poggy there. Mm -hmm. He did six stage races to tune up for the tour. That's too much. That's way too yeah. much. And eighty-five race days in the end. And still, yeah, I think. Um... Question. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Maybe this is a horrible question, but has Remco in 2023 proven himself enough that Landa needs to 100% be a domestique in the Grand Tour? That <laughs> uh, no. It's hard, but... But, what, but why would they even use Lander like Koos? Or Kreisvike? Or Ma Micah? <laughs> why would you... <laughs> Bit of a different angle there, Koos and Kreisvike. Yeah, okay, now, forget <laughs> that. Like Micah. Because people think he's coming in to be used like Micah, but what's the point? Why would, you go, to the why would you go to the tour mm -hmm. against Pogacar and Vingegaard and just put land on the first mountaintop finish, put Lander on the front and just mm -hmm. make him pull till he blows up. Yeah. What's the point? I think you. Is it weird that I might even consider giving him leadership in one grand tour outside of Remco? Yeah, again, to the. Um, well, the Giro is no good. <laughs> I, we're going to get onto this. Yeah. Actually, let's do it now. I think Remco should do the Giro tour double. And okay. I think Lander should do the Tour of Welter double. That makes the most sense to me. You, you have to forget history, look at the best parkour possible for the riders, and Remco has to do the Tour, right? He has to do the Tour de France, but realistically, right now, he's, at best, the third favorite. Yeah. At best, for the Tour. Pogaccio Vingegaard are clear. So, and if you look at... The Giro parkour, then you look at a parkour that is one where I'm like, Remco, this is a parkour where you can do really well. The time trials are there. The mountain yep. stages are not explosive for mountain mountain stages. They're, they're B-Tech mountain stages because the Giro is now scared of having a high mountain in their races. Yep. Which is understandable somehow. <laughs> but that does, to me, shout GC Remco at the Giro. But then the question is, I'm going to throw this back to you, send them for GC or stages to the tour. And 
I kind of feel like GC try backup stages. Yeah, I think you go with GC with no with uh, you're gonna there's always gonna be pressure. That's the nature yeah. of things. But you you go to the tour, yeah, after the Giro, and if you've done well at the Giro, then there's less pressure because you just did well at the Giro. Yeah. If you had a problem at the Giro, well, now you can sort of resurrect your season and also just to get a feel for the race. And he's still young, but it is time to do the Tour de France and and get amongst it. And see how far he can go. That's what Pickcock's been doing. Now I think Pickcock should have been doing some other World Tour stage races, but that Pickcock did it in 2022, did it in 2023, 22 he won the stage, 23 he stayed really close in GC for quite a while for two weeks. That's still a you know a part of his development. So yeah, Remco has to do the the tour, but if, especially. If, and it looks like Pagacha's, he the murmurings have been he's not doing the Giro, especially mm-hmm. if Pagacha doesn't do the Giro. I think Remco doing yeah. it's a no-brainer because then you just yeah smash the TTs and then you got to beat G. I think. Yep. And, and defend against. Yeah. So it's and then Lander de Vuelta, he's obviously Spanish, so it's him. And then you also then you have Lander and Remco at the tour. You go in both as try and defend your GC positions. Okay, if one guy falls out completely, then he has to help the other. Um, if they're really up there in GC, will they go for stages? How does Elon Van Wilder feel about Lander joining and taking away the other Grand Tours? If well, he, ever he had to join. Himself? Well, because yeah, Van agree, Wilder but... said he didn't want to be a dom for Remco all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The thing is, I don't see what what's like. I expect Van Wilder to maybe have leadership in a one week race every now and then, like I don't know, just scamping it out there to the Swiss or something. But I also feel like one day races is something I'm looking forward to when it comes to Van Wilder after Trivale Varesine. I don't see him at the level where he can announce, "Oh, I want co leadership at a Grand Tour at all yet." So it's kind of like, what what do you see him then? Because then. Giro Tour as well? No, no, for Van Wilder. That's too much, eh? No, 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 no. Uh, I would probably get him to... I, if I was Remco, I would skip the Ardennes, altitude for Giro, and I would send Van Wilder and Alaphilippe to the Ardennes. He's won Liège twice, so, you know, it'd be nice to defend it, it, but... I you don't think he'll do what I'm LBL. saying? Remco will, will ride LBL as he, he won it twice in a row. He's going to want to be there. I think as a, a defending your throne kind of way. Okay, but how about winning the Giro? Ah, I think that's a very good idea, personally. <laughs> but I think he's going to want to ride LBL anyway. You know who was Quickstep's third highest point scorer? Van oh Wilder. Oh, God. Van Wilder, probably, because yeah. otherwise you probably wouldn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think... If he if he goes to the tour, Van Wilder with Lander and Remco there, well then it's clear. I'm sorry, you're a domestique. If you want to go to the tour, you're a pure domestique. Go for the experience, whatever, yeah. but domestique. Vuelta, ah, it's a bit Vuelta, whatever. Go with like Lander doesn't also deserve someone, and he didn't have it in Bahrain either. Bahrain yeah. used to go into Grand Tours with Jack, Lander, Butrago. Gino, Butrago, Bilbao. Caruso, Bilbao, and legit, he'd be like, all right, boys. Hey, wait, wait, wait. And Arashiro, doing leadouts for everyone. Arashiro, actually really good. He you know, he extended. Yeah. Anyway, also his bike looks sick, the uh, National Champ Marita. Anyway, bizarrely it worked at Bahrain because the team was so transparent about it and also never really asked a rider to sacrifice their own position for another rider. The rider sort of would just do it themselves if they want. Like if Jack or Caruso, like look at Caruso and the Vuelta, he's nowhere in GC, he's like, ah, I'll pull for you guys, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think like, yeah, you just tell Lander, sorry, Van Wilder's coming, you guys just go for your own GC. I don't think that'd be a problem. Do you think Remco though, what do you expect from him at the Tour de France? He's going, he just went, he did a Strava... Oh, no, he didn't do a Strava ride. He did a ride that he put on Strava yeah. with Le, Le Grand Boucle in Italy, doing the the uh, the reconnaissance of the opening Grand Depart. Yeah. What do you expect from him if he does the tour? I find it hard to see him 
beat the big boys. I think that's a pretty obvious statement, a pretty no shit Sherlock's statement. I just feel like I haven't, he hasn't proven it to me that he can beat the top guns there. Like, I'm thinking he can get fifth or fourth in GC if he focuses all out of, on, on the Tour de France. But he's also not the, the most, what do you call this, non-crash prone rider. He is pretty crash, no, what is crash prone? Is that bad against crash yeah, or crash good against prone. crash? Cr crash prone means you're, you know, Roglic or... Okay. Or he's Renko. pretty crash prone. Which yeah. I find dangerous to predict someone going for GC every single time then. Like, I don't expect the highest, highest two steps. I don't expect a Tour de France podium. I think he can win the Giro. You don't expect Tour de France podium? No. And you, and you also seem to think, unlike what... You, you think that he'll do Liège, then altitude, a good prep for the Tour, and you don't think Tour de France podium? I don't think Tour de France podium. He seems to get... I think stressed before the big stages. I don't know. So that. like the so then I, the the gravel stage, that's a that's a lot of stress for everybody. Yeah. And you look at look at Yumbo in the in the cobble stage, uh, in twenty twenty two, they were like clinical, right? <laughs> clinical yeah. in all the the four stages before. Like Van Aert just taking, you know, riding away from everybody, doing everything right. And then all of a sudden that stage, and it wasn't just the musical chairs, bikes. <laughs> that was amazing. From, the, fr from neutral, something was off. Yeah. The whole day. And so how do they manage that stress? And then you got the mountains afterwards. But we saw in the Giro 2021 that, you know, the gravel stage with him and Almeida was a bit of, bit of a disaster. That could have been a feeding... And we, you already said in his interview with us that he didn't do the right prep for that race and he should have never been there. We all know that. Like, but. I feel like for me to believe in a Tour de France podium, Remco needs to be competitive against Vinga or Pogaccia or, or Roglic to be able to beat them in a one-week race leading up to that. I think he can do that, though. Well, Roglic, I, can... I agree. But Pogacar and Vingegaard, I don't see un unless they're He can beat them in Paranese. Well, Jonas at Paranese is like that guy we saw in the restaurant <laughs> in Antwerp. <laughs> yeah, because his TT is, is killer. But I agree, you know, I think he should do he should do Paranese or Tirreno. Probably some guys will do Tirreno because of the recons. And then he should do, yeah, traditional prep. If he's not going to do um, if he's not going to do the Giro, like I said, then he should, yeah, make his Tour de France prep as, as good as possible. I think that the podium is possible. I really do. Like, first of all, there could be a problem with one or both of the big guys, too. Then, okay, Adam Yates, yeah, he's pretty lethal, but UAE will, might even send him to win the Giro. And then, you know, but yeah, it's, it's untested. And, and you're right, Benji, you want to see it in one-week races. But so you, nailing it down. You're Actually, in charge. Oh, yeah? I want to say, I would love a fight between Adam Yates and Remco at the Giro. One guy that is, Adam Yates, in my opinion, on certain mountains, <laughs> a better climber, while the time trial of Remco will hit Adam Yates. Because, like, yeah. I, I find, like, Adam Yates at Ueter is very different, of course. Because we always know Adam Yates is going to win on Jabal Hafid when he arrives there. Adam Yates was better <laughs> in the UAE Tour. He lost time in the crosswinds. Yeah, exactly. He, but that's also part of racing. Is it, is it weird to say that I trust Adam Yates more for GC in the, in the Giro than Emco? As in, outside of the time trials? I don't think trials? it's weird at all, because I think Adam Yates is the third best or fourth best GC contender in the world. Yeah. So he came, he came third in the Tour as a domestique. He's pretty good. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's that weird a statement. I, I think he can also fall through the ice too. But I think it'd be a really intriguing battle. But I I, I think, yeah, Giro Tour makes the most sense to me, particularly with Lando coming in and, and then Lando is... Hey, hey, we've had a, hey. a pirate hey. ship next to the coast. A pirate ship including Temelir, the new pirate. Yeah, he's, put, he's throwing his hat in the ring. Yeah, he stated... <laughs> He stated that he wants to have a conversation with Lefebvre to write the Tour de France. Boom. And you know, he's, he's, he's 100% right. I agree. 
He yeah. is a hundred percent right. To, first of all, we we already said we had this conversation this year. It takes pressure off Remco if there's a guy who can also get wins in the team. Yeah. Secondly, most importantly, in brake formation, flat brake. I, I haven't looked. I have looked. But I can't remember exactly how many of the medium mountain stages, breakaway stages, or, yeah. or high mountain stages start with a flat start. Sprinters. Flat are really, really good at managing brake formation on flat starts because yeah. you know what it requires? A lot of bursts, race craft, reading the race, making quick split-second decisions. I think sprinters are really, really good at that. Laporte uh, is particularly good at yeah. it. So Olaf Coy, the Tour de France next year. Ah, well, no. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I agree. And it's also Jakobsen's leaving. Is this the first time where we have quick step where there's only like one all out sprinter out there? Because there's always been two top sprinters in the team, eh? I feel two like top they... guys and then a Neo Pro. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's, now it feels like it's one top guy and yeah. Neo Pros. Like, that's so then something... there's the argument, why not send him to the Giro? If, if, if Remco is not going to do the Giro, which I think he probably won't, and you're sending Van Wilder to the Giro or whatever, then don't you send Mer you say, hey, Tim, the Giro is right there for you. And it's got plenty of sprint stages too. It's, I, it's an option. My argument is yeah. that I think Merlier makes their tour team better. If he's motivated, in good shape, get the weight down a little bit, climb, you know, I, I think he can be really useful on the gravel stage. Really useful. And he might even, he already, he said himself he wants to do that. He said, me and Bert can be, uh, Van Leeberger, he was hyping up too much. I was like, let's settle down a bit. <laughs> he's about Van Leeberger like he was Van Hoydonk Regen. But I think, and Asgren, I'm not sure how much he wants to do that. I don't know. I feel like Asgren will will be willing to do that. I I've been very tunnel visioned on the Giro Tour double, but let's say for a scenario now that Remco does the tour and not the Giro, then I would understand why they sent Medlier to the to the yeah. Giro. That that would and seem I think like that's an a reasonable obvious... compromise. I, I agree, but I just I don't know if I find the Tour de France GC much more riskier than the Giro one for Remco. But it's kind of a discussion we've well. had in the past, eh? You don't want to put all your chip like it's good to have a backup plan. It's okay. Say G something happens with GC. Maybe even if luck outside your control, it's really nice at least to then say to the sponsors, "Hey, we still won yep. two stages though. It's more yep. than most teams won like, two stages." Is Remco certain enough to podium that he deserves a full team behind him at the Tour de France? Um, as in, obviously he's not Godu. But he's also not the obvious third at the Tour de France yet for me. It's really tricky in the how do you manage the sprint run-ins with Merlier. That's the problem with sprinters. It's really yeah. tricky. But I'm cool like, out, man. <laughs> no, <whoa>. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, because then if Merlier's like, oh, I also want two guys to, I want Asgren and guys to set me up after three Ks to go. So, well, yeah. no, we need them pulling Remco to three Ks to go. So that's where it gets really, really tricky. Where Agreed. he's like, of course, most sprinters are happy to work for the GC guy on stages which don't suit them at all, where they're going to get yeah. dropped halfway through or a breakaway is going to win. But then when you say to them, yeah, but also on the sprint stages, you have zero lead out. Then they're like, oh, what the fuck? Um, yeah. It's like, well, I see that. You're not the primary focus here. So it's tricky. Yeah. And like, I, I think Giro. Giro feels, feels likely indeed. If Remco doesn't do it, if Remco does the Giro, then Merlier to the tour with good preparation. Yeah. I would tend to agree there. It's just, it's a very stacked program for Remco to do Ardennes Giro Tour. Well, I, I just, I carved out the Ardennes. Yeah. I He's think, doing I Tour think of Flan I, I, 
After Tour of Flanders, he goes to altitude to do the Giro in my program. Uh, doing Tour of Flanders? You confirmed it? It's happening? I just said he's... Well, why not? He's won the age. Yeah. Winning Tour of Flanders would be bigger than winning the age the third time. I, I agree. I would like to see him go to RVV, but I think they were, they were doubting between RVV and MSR or something is what I read at some point. Um, I don't see him MSRing. Sorry, I, I don't see it. Yeah, so, yeah, I think Tour of Flanders, he could be really, really good. Really, like, I think that race and suits him really well. It's also earlier than LBL, which would also leave more space to do stuff like you mentioned. So I, I, I get that it's... I just feel like he might want to do LBL just for the sakes of defending. But hey, guess we'll find <laughs> out who else yeah. will write the classics outside of... Well, Osgren will, that's for sure. Lampard. Alaphilippe yes. said big goal. He's he wants to be back in form and you know his 2020 Tour of Flanders form. So those three, and they're all Moscon. out of no, except for Lampard, they're out of contract. Moscon, yeah, I mean, so yeah. Uh and then I think it's they're the main guys, aren't they? Lampard, Alaphilippe, Asgren, and Remco is the Joker in yeah, in like Brugge de Panna and the flat ones. Melir, Kasper Pedersen, those riders could be there. Training for break formation could be in that race. On Ledberger for break formation in certain races like Edwards of London and so forth. Here's where they will send Lamperti when it comes to like the, the one that won classics. I feel like he might be valuable too, you know? I don't think he's just a pure sprinter, right? He can also do some one.1 so, yeah, yeah. Belgian sure. chat GPT generated races. Was that what you said last time? Well, no, no, someone in the Lantern Rouge Discord, I can't remember exactly who, just did a, yeah, chat GPT, however you say it, generated Belgian semi-classics, and the list legit looks like the list of your races, <laughs> like textile price, it's just like me, light, in, <laughs> light industrial uh, medium-scale enterprises in the Flanders region, they'll have a race. <laughs> That's genius. So, yeah. Um, we haven't really spoken about Alaphilippe. He'll be on a lot of money. He's out of contract. Is there anything he can do to salvage this, him staying with this team, Benji? Or is he off to a French team regardless? And what do you expect from him next year? Do you think him being up there with Pogacar and Van der Poel and Van Aert in Tour of Flanders is realistic? I don't... I don't. I don't see it right now, yeah. I don't see it either. I feel like he's that... Right now, I feel like he's that rider you used to try try and bait other teams out earlier on in the race. He's kind of like your red herring in the race, is how I see it, tactics-wise. Put him in groups ahead, try and force the others to chase him down, because I don't expect him to be there when it matters in the end, is how I see it. And that's how I see Alaphilippe at the moment. So he's off to Total, is he? Well, kind of feel like it. Like, it's sad, but that's how I see it. I hope he... He fights back, but I really, I really would like to see him back up there, sticking it to everybody in Flanders. I really hope he gets back in that shape. So, yeah. Uh, okay, time for hot takes, Bungie. Before we do their over unders, what's your hot take uh, from this team? My hot take from this team, Jesus. I, I always should prepare these, but I always forget about preparing the hot takes. It's like the one part of the podcast that I should find my own <laughs> thoughts out, and nah. Not happening. Um, my hot take is... I don't fucking know. Mikalanda. <laughs> this is going to be horrible because... Mikalanda gets a higher GC result at the Tour de France than Emko Evenepoel. Not a hot take. Oh, that is, it is, it is. No, in Flanders, that's a hot take. Because in Flanders, everyone's like, he's a climbing domestique. So uh, I, I grant it. Um, yeah, I think, I think Landa wins a Grand Tour next year. No, what no the wins. Fuck? <laughs> Sorry, but what? <laughs> I was trying to think which one then, but oh, they'll probably send him to the Giro, even though the parkour doesn't suit him. I think he can podium the Giro, no problem. Blander can podium the Giro, easy. I think Merlier is the best sprinter in the world next year. Is actually one I believe in. I also had a Merlier take racking up, and I would say that he's going to win. 
Who's the leader, by the way? Casa Pedersen? Um, I would use I would use that yeah. Wara guy. He's fucking huge, and he's got like decent thirty second absolute power. I would use that Wara yeah. kid. Can at least try him out in some races early on, like yeah. Alula Tour, for example. But um, how many World Tour races can Merlier win? Is it a hot take when I say he's gonna win ten? I think it's. I was gonna say that, but I think that's just too much. It's a hot take for a reason. I'm going to say 10 because I believe that Tim Elliott is going to win Jan Dwevelgem. Okay. He was pretty good actually there this year, wasn't it? Jan Dwevelgem was where they did the Jakobsen Schaspatat when they sent both of them. That's a special race from them. That was probably the worst moment of their classic season, I think, where it was just like, <laughs> what a quick step doing this year. Yeah. Um, I think both of us are quite high on Melier. Uh, yeah. Wait, Johnny Moscon podiums Roubaix. <laughs> no, he's not going to do that. <laughs> Johnny Moscon podiums Roubaix. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Johnny Moscon involved in another racial incident. <laughs> That's more likely. It's not a hot take. Sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, is <Christ>. Remco. <laughs> can Remco I... be the highest point scorer in 2024? No. It's hard to beat Poggy, isn't it? Yeah. I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Jan Hirt's on uh, this team. Completely forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, Jan Hirt's salary. Good of a man. I'm hyped for him, man. Uh, he's six in the Giro and he won, uh, won a stage, I think. And then, yeah, quick step sign him. But uh, I'm trying to think of a negative hot take. Oh, well, I, I guess my random one was kind of negative, even though I didn't want to be too the negative. I don't want to be too. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be positive. Uh, I'm New Year's resolution. I'm being a. Going to be positive, positive Patrick on the Lantern Recycle Podcast. Positive okay, Patrick. over World Tour wins. They had 25 or something this year, 23 this year. How many next year? I'm going to go with 20. And the reason I'm going down is because I, I believe they'll send Remco to the Tour de France after doing maybe UAE Tour Paris Dauphiné kind of running. With LBL, because I'm telling you, he's going to LBL. I can feel it in my head. Oh, I got a hot take. Remco wins world championships, TT road race, and the Olympic road race. I agree with the Olympics. Worlds, it's Bogacha versus him. Yeah. And Mauro Schmidt, because I my hot take still is yeah, from Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have Schmidt winning. Remco <laughs> wins all three, dude. All four? Is there an, there's an Olympic time trial? Oh, yeah. Wins all four. Your take's not hot enough. Come on. Okay, <laughs> yeah. He wins all four. I think they win 18. I'm going under under a little bit. I think Rem, I think Merlier will, will win a lot. I think yep. Remco will win an Olympics and World Champs don't count for that, but I think Remco will win five or six really high-quality World Tour races. I get that. But I don't think there'll be the same volume Yeah, because uh, no two Grand as, Tours as this year. is what no. I expect them to do. And that's why yeah. I also go lower in, lower in 20. But I feel like yeah. I expect... Then again, Cherny and Vernon getting Roman these days. I think it's going to be less yeah, than 20. Yeah, but Vernon's gone. Schmidt yeah, Bagioli's gone. Fuck it. I'm going to go 17. I changed. Oh, you went under. I went 18. You went 17. Okay, I think it's... It, I am very interested to see how this team is next year. Because like a team like UAE... It's going to be the same again next year. Yumbo, Roach yep. is out, yeah, but yeah, try and win the Tour of Vingegaard. I don't know what Quickstep's schedule really looks like. We've said many iterations of what it could be. They had a tumultuous offseason. I'm really interested to see how this team shapes up and lines up in February and uh, what their classic squad looks like. That will be a Algarve. very good race. Algarve's start list looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. So, Recovering it um, in some shape or form, or is that a spoiler? Uh, I mean, if it's got like too many big guns, I think my hand will be will be forced, and we'll have to cover it. But it depends. Um, I don't know. Yes, November. <laughs> see their <laughs> schedules first. But yeah, I'm really really interested to see how Quickstep shapes up, and I think it's a team to watch, and it's a team I want to see keep going and and keep being strong yeah. and up there and keep performing. And it's it's don't want them to be. Uh, yeah, I just want them to get to get sponsors and be successful. 
Yes. See. Okay. Oh, mm. I, I do have another hot take. Oh, God. 4A takes over next year. Bacalar sees 4A. Thinks pretty sharp. In. I don't necessarily... Like, I, I, regardless of the 4A That's not a thing, hot take. Already, that's just a prediction of what yeah. something could happen. I already felt like there might still be relationship evolutions in the coming year when it comes to Bacala. So it might go up. Maybe it completely collapses in 2024, which I yeah. hope not. But um, cycling so fragile that I'm scared. Yeah. Okay. That's all from us. Uh, we'll be seeing you next with a DSM preview. And now yes. I think we're doing Movistar as well. So we're hey. racking through them. Hope you've enjoyed them. DSM Postanel. DSM Postanel. Um, Forgot film, Luke's, film Luke's favorite company. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks very much for listening, as always, everybody. And we'll see you with that DSM Postanel preview in the next one. Till then, ciao.